is from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the word of the Lord. Thank be to God. Thanks be to God. I got it. I wear it on my head. I... So excited this morning to have all of you kids in the room. Kids, wherever you are, just let me hear you. Just make a noise. Good. Kind of somewhere between a duck and a dog. I like it. Good, good. All right, adults in the room, let me hear you. Wow. Okay, all right. I didn't expect that flip. All right. Uh, it is a family Sunday, so we're all gathered together. Um, it was part of our heart to start out this season and coming back into the school year and sort of a, the church calendar kind of begins in the fall, but to begin together as a church family, that we are all Pennington AG Church. We are all part of the church, capital C, from the youngest of us to the oldest. Um, we are the church. We are also today starting a new 10-week study on Hebrews. If you got your Hebrews journal, can you show me it? should be shiny and pretty. Kids, do you have your, your coloring pages or an adult maybe with not great attention? Okay, great. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, today, we are going to be starting the book of Hebrews. Specifically, we'll look at Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. We talked for a few months in the staff about a very obvious joke at the center of starting out Hebrews. You may already know it. And we talked about whether or not the church would run me out if we started with the same joke every single week of Hebrews. But then I thought, since it's Family Sunday, I'm going to get the worst Bible jokes I possibly can find, and we're going to read out a few of them together, okay? And I need you, like, we're, this isn't a late night talk show, so I don't have a sign that says laughter, but I'm going to need you to act like I'm forcing you to laugh. Got it? Okay, we'll start with the obvious. How did Moses make his coffee? He brews. All right, very good, very good. Ari thought that one was really funny. All right. Who was the shortest man in the Bible? Nehemiah, because he's knee-high man. They're, uh, they're going to get worse. <laughs> what time of day was Adam created? Just a little before Eve. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Nolan. All right. What, what kind of a car did Jesus and the disciples drive around in? A Honda, because they were all in one accord. Okay. I'm going to read this next one. I literally think this is the worst one I've ever read. I, I just think it's a terrible joke. Okay, it also requires a certain level of Bible knowledge. I don't think everybody has, and it's, it's just a weird joke. Okay, when was meat first mentioned in the Bible? 
when Noah took Ham into the ark. <laughs> All right, it's terrible. It's terrible. Ham, Ham was the name of one of his sons. Ham was, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. All right, that's enough. Okay. All right. This is my last one. I'm going to end on another terror. It's not any better. I think oh, this might be worse. Okay, who is the greatest? Actually, this one's terrible. Who is the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David, because he rocked Goliath into a very deep sleep. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, all right. One more because one more, I feel like that one puts me in a weird mood. It's like dark in a weird way. Uh, who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought the house down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. We're ready for some scripture. All right. Uh, thank you, Caleb, for a beautiful reading of Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to be introducing the series, looking at, actually, Hebrews chapter 1 and chapter 2. We're going to do them both together this morning. And our main point, our main idea is simply this. We can trust Jesus. We can trust Jesus. Why can we trust Jesus? Two things the author of Hebrews lays out. First, Jesus is God. This means he has all the power. He is capable. Number two, Jesus is human. And so that means he understands. He has all the power and he understands what it's like to be us. For everyone in the room, a little background. Hebrews is one of the only letters in the New Testament that we have no idea who wrote it. We don't, we don't know. Most people actually call the author of Hebrews just the pastor. It's a very pastoral letter written to early Christians who were suffering a lot. They were being treated very poorly. People were being very mean to them. Their lives were in danger. And so many of them were formerly, they were Jewish. And so they were Jewish that now followed Jesus. And they had this decision to make. In all of this pressure, they had a choice where I could just drop the Jesus part of my faith and all of these problems would go away. If I just go back to being Jewish, I'm fine. No more persecution. I can live my life. And the author of Hebrews is a pastor telling them, no, you can't go back. There is nothing like Jesus that you could go back to. And he lists all these examples. If you think of Moses, you think of Abraham, you think of all of these ancestors, none of them can hold a candle to Jesus. Jesus is not an additional part of your life. He's not a new thing you added into everything else. He is the author and perfecter of your life. He is life in this world and life eternal. He is not the cause of your problems. He is the solution to all of your problems. For us, for all of us, we are not living under the same pressure that the Hebrews lived under. We are living under a different kind of threat of Apathy, too many things. And for us, rather than letting go of Jesus because it would make our lives easier, we're letting go of Jesus just because our lives are easy and there's a lot of other things to do. So let's talk about Jesus as trustworthy. So before we even do that, let's kind of define what is trustworthy. So this is a group activity. Guys up front, you can help me out with this? Yes. All right, 
Whole crowd. You can help me out with this? All right. I'm going to name something. I need two volunteers. Hopefully both of their names can be Madison. Perfect. Okay. Um, Maddie and Maddie are going to go on one side of the room, and Maddie's going to go on the other side of the room. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Very good. We did this last time, but different. Okay, good. All right. So Madison is going to have not trustworthy, and Madison is going to have trustworthy. And I want you to go to Madison when you make your decision. Uh, now, just go to not trustworthy is over here. Trustworthy is over here. All of you on the towels, I'm going to need you to stand up. All right, other kids in the room, you can help me out with this. If you're a kid in the room, you can help me out with this. Just come forward, and I'm going to need your bodies to help demonstrate this. Yep, yeah, you get it. I see you. Some of you are getting a little brave. You're moving. Beautiful. Give them a hand up here. Yep. Okay, now... As Sophia pointed out, one thing that I remember from the last time we did this, please be careful about the towels because they are a tripping hazard, all right? So just be aware of that. Also, I'm not going to force any of you, and then you'll get cryy. I also learned that from last time. Okay, so I'm going to list out something. You have to tell me if it's trustworthy or if it's untrustworthy, okay? If it's untrustworthy, you head over here. If it's trustworthy, you head over here. Adults and other kids in the room. You can help them out. You can yell, point. You know, it's just like price is right. You can, you're a part of this, okay? Um, higher, lower, okay. All right, first thing, trustworthy or untrustworthy? Broken trampoline. Trustworthy or untrustworthy? Yeah, good, good, good. My wife, around your age, jumped on a broken trampoline and had to sort of mission impossible her way out of it, out of spring after spring exploded. So untrustworthy. All right, thanks. Reset. Back to the middle. All right. All right, ready. A chair. That's it. Not a not broken chair. <laughs> Josiah's told me before, I stand or I lay. That's it. <laughs> Missionary kids, you know? All right, back to the middle. Back to the middle. All right, this one's a little controversial. Motorcycle. <laughs> oh. Millers have some parenting to do. Uh, yeah, thank you, Nolan. Thank you, thank you. I had a soccer coach in high school who was a lefty uh, at coaching. And I said, he was lefty. He's like, I wasn't always a lefty. And I was like, why? He said, I used to be righty and I played semi-professional soccer. And then I got in a motorcycle accident and they had to reconstruct my leg. So maybe sometimes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A little fear manipulation. All right, back to the middle, back to the middle. 
All right. Trustworthy or not trustworthy? Healthy dinner. Trustworthy or not trustworthy? Your parents are also in the room, just so you know. All right, trustworthy. It was trustworthy. You're wrong. Back to the middle. Back to the middle. I'm not entertaining that one. Dark, scary cave. <laughs> Do you see the influence you're having on your younger sister? You understand the weight of this, right? I've done cave spelunking. It's terrifying. All right, back to the middle. Back to the middle. All right, this one. That's a, I, I can watch you run around to find the right spot all day, Claire. <laughs> Especially because your shoes light up. All right, um, this one. All right, look. Parents are in the room, so just do me a favor and get this one right, Okay. All right. Mom and dad. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Ari. Yeah. Let's not get into some like adult, I'm talking to my therapist complex thing here. All right. Back into the middle. Back. I understand the nuance. Okay. All right. Large, scary, rabid grizzly bear. I guess we don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll never know. I'll just bring one in next week and you guys can decide. All right. Back in. Thank you guys. Thank you. That was kind of helpful. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you are welcome to stay up. You're welcome to head back to your seat. We have the beach towels. Nolan's laying them out very nicely. Thank you, Nolan. When we talk about trustworthy, the pastor, the author of Hebrews, is telling each of us, he's saying, you can trust Jesus. I know things might be tough. I know you might have a lot of burdens on your shoulders right now. He's saying, you can bring them to Jesus. And then he doesn't just say, do it. He gives example after example in chapters one and two. He says, you can trust Jesus because Jesus is God. He's powerful. You can trust Jesus because Jesus is human. He understands Let's look at what the pastor says in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 and 12. He says, you, this is talking about Jesus, you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They, heaven and earth, will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. In one translation, it says, fold up like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. 
Like a garment, they will be changed. But you, Jesus, are the same. And your years will have no end. Jesus is God. This is what the pastor is saying. He is not a part of a religion. He is not an inspirational figure. He is not an aspiration we move towards. He is not a good person. He is God himself. In the first chapter, glory and power, powerful words are used 18 times in the first chapter alone to describe Jesus. The author says Jesus is better than the old prophets. He's better than Abraham. He's better than Moses. He's better than angels. All right, how many of you know what an angel is? All right, we're going to do a little activity. Ashley, if you could help me out. And I say, Kate, if you could help bring that whiteboard up on stage here. So an angel is kind of a difficult concept, right? We may have a kind of cartoonish image of an angel, and that whiteboard is heavy. Okay, all right. Kids, what I'm going to ask you to do is help me out. Together, we're going to describe an angel. And I'm not going to do the work. You tell us what an angel looks like, one part at a time, and Ashley's going to draw it. Exactly what you say <laughs> is going to be what this angel will look like. So can I get a, just raise your hand, and then I'll call on you, and you'll tell me. All right, Ari, what, what does an angel look like? All right, a bear. We're starting. We are, we are off to the races. Good start, a bear. All right, let's let Ashley get a little bit in there. Okay. That's a great bear. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, uh, Sophia. What? Can you say that again? Okay, someone else, raise your hand. <laughs> All right, Simon. All right, a person with wings. So let's, we already started with bear, right? So a bear with wings. Beautiful. All right, can I get another volunteer? What's another aspect of an angel? When you think of an angel, what do they look like? Yeah, Nolan? Eyes. All right. Oh, eyes. Lots of eyes, Ashley. Lots of eyes. Beautiful. All right, it's not as cute anymore. <laughs> All right, Jake. Halo. Beautiful. All right, you got it together this time, Sophia? More eyes. Oh, we got a hand in the back? Shout it out. You've got a long ways to go. A dress. Okay, a dress. A nice little summer dress. You got a few more days to wear it, and then they're not allowed anymore. Okay, Josiah. Grogu. All right. All right, you're speaking Ashley's language here. Ashley once wore a Star Wars t-shirt when we were recording an announcement video for church. And Darth Vader was very big on our screen. 
Ashley and I talk about that a lot. Okay, all right, Sophia, one final one. A, a Darth Vader hat? All right, we're... Oh, the mask? But he's got the eyes. You know what? I'm going to use my once a Sunday veto power, and I'm vetoing that one. Maybe just... Oh, yeah. Give, give the angel Grogu is with the angel. In his little floating egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Can the crowd help us out with any more visuals of the angel? Legs. <laughs> yeah, legs. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We got one more in the back? I need the people around to help out there. Lights. Okay. We're really going in a certain direction here. All right, Caleb. A heart? Oh, a harp. Okay. Lightsaber and a harp. All right. I'm going to, uh, we're going to add the harp, and then I'm going to call it here. All right. Okay. Okay. So this sort of, Chimera amalgamation monstrous thing. Although the Grogu's great, Ashley. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Just to be clear, and just for my own sake as the integrity of a, a teacher of the Bible, this is not a visually accurate representation of an angel. Um, to be also clear, we're also combining imagery of, uh, no, of cherubim and seraphim into our, our, our imagery of the angel. But we're already off to the races. So we think about something like this, right? We're using really over-the-top language to describe an angel because we picture them as powerful. They're powerful. They're mighty. When they show up in the Bible, they have to keep saying, fear not, because obviously something about them is scary as they come. They're messengers of God, so they carry a lot of weight. They're really important and powerful, sort of like a bear with a lightsaber with wings, right? There's a lot of power in an angel. And to this, the pastor, the author of Hebrews says, however powerful you can imagine an angel to be, Jesus is so much more powerful than they are. Lastly, he uses an idea that to me, I don't normally put in the category of this. He says heaven and earth. He says, you may think of heaven and earth, this planet we live on, the mountains, the oceans, the giant blue whale, dinosaurs, Jurassic Park 7945 episodes of them, all these massive things that we live on earth with, planets, all the new telescope images that are shared around on the internet. He says, all of these things, not only is Jesus greater and more powerful than them, he made them, and one day he will remake them again. And heaven and earth, the telescopes, the images, quasars and planets, they have an end date to where the resurrection comes and they're remade, but there is no end date to Jesus. Jesus always was. Jesus always will be. Jesus creates all, is in all, and has power over all. 
The author is naming these things because he's trying to name the things that these people were putting their trust in. You know, they're praying. Now they're praying to Abraham. Abraham, help us. Moses, help us. The power of the angels, come and help us. We do this with so many other things in our modern world. When I'm feeling too much pain and I'm overwhelmed, I turn to my phone. Phone, help me. Distract me that I'm not thinking about this. We turn to even heaven ourselves, and we try, try to think away. I'm just going to disconnect myself from the suffering of this world. I'm, I'm going to think about the future. I'm going to think about where it goes. We turn to each other, and I just need to talk it out and get as many people around me and speak as often as I can. We turn to the things of this world, the people of this world, the objects of this world in order to distract us when we are suffering. And the pastor, the author of Hebrews would say, you can turn to Jesus. He can handle it. He has the power over it. He says Jesus is not just God. He is God of the entire universe. Okay, I need one more volunteer for this next illustration. All right, I'll give it to you, Sophia. Come on up. Join me up here. All right, you're pretty strong, right? What's your max bench? Okay. All right. Stand right there. Face, face the audience. I'm going to give you one block at a time. You're going to hold them. We're going to see how many you can hold, okay? All right. Thank you, Angela. All right. You got one? You good? All right. We're going two. All right, you good? All right. We're going to go three here. All right, you ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, give her a hand, give her a hand. All right, you can have a seat, Sophia, thank you. All right, some of you out there might be thinking, yeah, but she's a little girl. I can hold way more than that. I'm going to take a volunteer from the audience, the biggest, strongest guy. Give me it. Who thinks they can hold more? All right, I'm seeing someone pointing towards Sam Neese. He's about to get married. I've seen his calf muscles. Also, Sam, so you're aware, this isn't just a brute strength exercise. It's also a balance and core exercise, okay? Yeah, they're real bricks. <laughs> I'm just incredibly strong. All right, number one. All right, got it, got it. Number two. All right, okay. Number three. Thank you. Now we need the ladder. All right, don't show off. All right, number four here. I'm trying to help you with the balance. Thank you, Angela. Number five here. Keep it steady. I'm going to have to go higher here. I'm at the height of what's recommended for the ladder. All right. 
All right, all right. Give him a hand, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sam. You can drop him. You're good. All right, Sam got five. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Sophia could do three. Sam could do five. I think on a better day, he could have got to six. Um, there's a limit to what we can hold, quite physically, spiritually, emotionally. How many of you have ever gotten to your limit? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. What Scripture is telling us, we all have limits. We're human beings. We do. If you haven't realized that yet, you're in for an ugly awakening one day. What he says to us is Christ Jesus has no limit. There is no limit to what he can hold. He can hold it all. He can take it all. He says he made heaven and earth. He made the universe. He could fold it up like laundry and remake it. Some of the things we need him to hold, some of the other things we might need him to hold. It's not just a silly exercise. We're carrying heavy stuff. I know you. We do life together. We carry these heavy burdens. And what the book of Hebrews starts with is the rock-solid encouragement that when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the center point of our faith, he says he can hold all of this. He can hold it. You can share it with him. He can take it. He can carry it. Uh, Angela, I'm not sure where you went, but can you grab some of these boxes off? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Angela. All right. We can trust Jesus because he is so strong and capable. The second thing we can trust Jesus, why we can trust him, not just he's powerful. I know powerful people that I don't trust. It's not just that he's powerful. It's also that this capable, powerful, strong Jesus is a compassionate, empathetic, loving person who understands what it is to be human. The author of Hebrews lays out how powerful Jesus is in chapter one. And in chapter two, he lays out the fact that this powerful God becomes a human being. Hebrews chapter two says, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus himself, likewise partook of the same thing. And through death he might destroy the one who has the power over death, that is, the, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. We can trust Jesus because he's powerful. We can trust Jesus because he knows what it is like to be human. He knows. He's lived it. He's suffered it. He's walked it. He's been betrayed by his friends. He's been hungry. He's been disappointed. He's had people talk about him behind his back. He's put his trust in people who have broken it. He's lost loved ones. He's suffered through his own physical frailty. He's done all of that. There is something powerful about someone being able to say, so have I. 
I'm going through this. I'm, I'm really struggling with this. To someone to say, so have I. I've been there. I've walked in that. I'm currently walking in that. So let's give a couple examples. All right. I'm going to give an example. I'm going to try to project a little bit as to what it means to be a child. And then we're going to come together around it. All right. By a show of hands, whole room, how many of you have ever been scared of the dark? You, you guys ever have the thing where you're coming up from the basement and you turn off the light and immediately you got to get out of the basement? I don't know what that is. It's like a thing. Natural reflexes. Thank you, Nolan. I'll, that will help me. Um, fear the dark. So have I. So have I. We've walked that. How many of you have ever eaten too much candy and junk food and then felt sick? I did it this week. So have I. How many of you have ever gotten lost, lost your parents in a store or outside or gotten lost in general? Yeah. And your spouse is like, maybe you should open up the GPS. And you're like, no, I got this. Have you ever had a friend who didn't want to play with you, even though you wanted to spend time with them? And they said, no. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we're going a little more to the parents. Have you ever stayed up way too late doom scrolling on your phone instead of going to sleep? Yep. I charge my phone now in another room. And I have a Kindle that only does books. Have you ever eaten an entire bag of chips on your own? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Have you ever shared your feelings with someone and had them not reciprocate those feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jesus didn't doom scroll on his phone. He had a very healthy relationship with technology. But he lived the same struggles we live. He had the same hurts, the same experiences, the same body that we have. And so when we say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going through this, Jesus, this really hurts. Jesus, I'm not sure how to do this. Jesus, I can't continue to do this. He says back, so have I. I've been there. I've walked that. I've done that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We're skipping ahead. It says, this Jesus of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings that we do, and yet he did not sin. He carried all the same weights we carry. He didn't drop them. He walked through the same experiences we did, and he kept walking. He was faced with pressure, and he overcame. He has experienced what we have experienced. He knows what we go through, and he cares, genuinely cares about our problems. Jesus cares when you're hurt, when that friend said the mean thing to you, when you couldn't get the opportunity you wanted, when your parents said no, Jesus has experienced all of these limitations himself. And he says to us, we can bring our feelings, our fears to him. And he understands. And he's powerful enough to do something about it, to walk with us, to carry it with us, to answer and respond. 
I have one final illustration this morning, um, and it's going to require you to be brave. It doesn't, I don't need anybody up on stage. So you can put your hand out. What you're going to do is this. Um, if you're seated next to someone you came with, it's a little bit easier of an exercise. If you're not, you're going to have to be a little bit brave, and I'll just ask you to kind of take a step out. What I want you to do is for the next 90 seconds of my sermon, I want you to put your arm around somebody. Yep. Ooh, two arms. I love it. Put your arm around them. If you came alone and you don't know the people, you could take a step of bravery and just kind of go near and put your hand on their shoulder. And they could put their hand on your shoulder. If you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, no pressure, no shaming. Beautiful. This is adorable. Oh, get Carly in there. She's just sitting there. Nolan, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. While you have your arm, while you have this physical contact with another person, good work, Jess. While you're doing this, this is the image of the God we serve in Christ Jesus. His arm is around you. He is real. He is flesh and blood. He lives. His spirit is given to us to remind us that he is alive in heaven at the right hand of the Father, making atonement, understanding, and operating in his power to forgive, to heal, to, to intercede for our problems, to speak hope into our lives. It is not just a thought process we put ourselves in. It is a real and tangible relationship with a God who is powerful enough to overcome and is human enough to understand, and he puts his arm around you. Some of you may be going through right now your very real own bricks that you're carrying, and I want you to know that the arm of Jesus is around you. He offers you. You don't carry this alone. You don't walk this alone. If you're worried about death, Jesus says, I am eternal. And through me, you will conquer death. If you're worried about the pain of others, relationships broken, trust lost, Jesus with his arm around you says, others will hurt you. You will hurt others, to be fair. He says, but I will never leave you or forsake you. And I will be here with you in this. And because of me, you will have love eternal. In Jesus, we have the power of God always around us and in us and with us and for us and not against us. If you'll pray with me this morning, I'll invite the team to join me up here. You can keep your arm around them. That is up to you at this point. No judgment. Jesus, as we as a church body, as we as a, a collection of people come together and we are reminded of who you are, may we not just take comfort from that, may we lean into you. May we hear the words of the pastor from 2,000 years ago encouraging his church body. May we hear that encouragement to us and our church body that Jesus is greater. That Jesus is greater than cancer. 
that Jesus is greater than infertility, that Jesus is greater than financial struggles, that Jesus is greater than regrets and shame. Jesus is greater than fear of the unknown. That Jesus, you are powerful. And that Jesus, you are compassionate and you are ours. We are yours. May we pray to you, Jesus, with boldness because you're trustworthy and we know that you care. May we, Jesus, dive into your story. May we read Hebrews and John in our small groups with hunger this fall because we are learning more of the story of who you are and you are powerful and you are capable and you are compassionate. May we hungrily lean into you and know that we can share our burdens with you, that we can trust you, Jesus. I want to offer a prayer. If you are not a follower of Jesus this morning, if you don't know him personally, or maybe it's been a really long time, I want to give you a chance to pray a prayer of inviting him into relationship with you. If you are a follower of Jesus, use this as a celebration moment. All of us, all you guys up here helping me, everybody in the seats, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I believe that you are God, that you are capable, you are powerful, and that you put on flesh and you lived like we live that you, as man and God together, took on all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our fear, and you died in our place, conquering death on the third day, raising to life so that we could have eternal life with you, so that we could conquer sin and death and brokenness with you, by you, through you. Jesus, you gave your life for me. Today, Jesus, I commit my life to follow you. Will you come and know me and transform me in the name of Jesus? Amen and amen. If you'll stand with me all over the room, if you can. You too. Thank you. Yeah, great. You got young knees. You can do it. A lot of people here are on their third and fourth knees, okay? So you guys can do it. I want to just give a moment as the worship team's going to play. We, we have a lot of fun things set up outside. We have some great donuts, cold brew, bagels. And my encouragement is please linger today. Today's a great day to be a lingerer. Linger, make conversations, hang out. We also will see all of you adults. If you are smarter than a fifth grader, we will actually know today um, by the end of our picnic time. But in this moment, I just want to be able to pray some blessings, some benedictions over you. If you are a student and you're starting school or you just started school, if you are a family and you're just seeking guidance, I want to just open up this altar space here. And I'm just going to invite a few of our elders and staff, if they want, to come forward. And we're just going to pray over you. We'll just pray a blessing over you. It's just simply saying, 
Um, I want the blessing of Christ Jesus in our family, in our life. I want to know him. I want to be close to him. And we'll pray over you as the worship team plays this morning. We will just for a few minutes pray over you and pray this blessing over you. If you could pray with us. God, we invite you into the space. We seek your blessing. We seek more of you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. If you want a blessing and to be prayed over, I invite you up to the altar space this morning.